You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I'm Josh Barker, and this is The Policy Corner. Today, we're going to take a look at H.R. 8404, the Respect for Marriage Act. When the Supreme Court released the Dobbs decision in June overturning Roe v. Wade and allowing states and the people to regulate abortion through the democratic process, Justice Thomas's concurrence worried many. Roe v. Wade was founded on the doctrine known as substantive due process, and some other recently developed rights in recent cases were also rooted in that same doctrine, including Birchfeld v. Hodges, which established for the first time a constitutional right to same-sex marriage in 2015. Thomas wrote that the court should, quote, reconsider all substantive due process precedents, including Griswold Lawrence and Obergefeld, because any substantive due process decision is demonstrably erroneous. We have a duty to correct the error established by those precedents. Now, none of the other justices signed on to Justice Thomas's concurrence. Nonetheless, this led House Democrats to introduce H.R. 8404, the Respect for Marriage Act, in an attempt to maintain the legality of same-sex marriage even if the Supreme Court ruled that it was no longer a constitutional right and state legislatures or people voting for state constitutional amendments sought to outlaw it. So three weeks after the release of Dobbs, Representative Jerry Nadler of New York introduced the Respect for Marriage Act. After less than 48 hours, the bill had passed the House 267 to 157, with 37 Republicans supporting it. The Senate, however, was slow to pick it up. However, after election results were in and it was determined that Republicans had indeed taken control of the House for the next term, the Senate decided to act. Right before Thanksgiving break, a vote was held for cloture. That is a vote to end debate and then eventually have another vote on the legislation itself. A cloture vote is usually symbolic of support for the legislation itself. A final vote on the bill is to be had, but it could easily take place before the current Congress expires at the end of the year. So we've talked about all the history. What does the bill actually do? Unlike many bills that go through Congress, this one's only four pages long. So it's only got three main components. First, it repeals the 1996 Defense of Marriage Act, which at the time was an incredibly bipartisan, passing the Senate 85 to 14 and the House 342 to 67, massive majorities. It was also signed by President Bill Clinton. The Defense of Marriage Act sought to alleviate the tension between various state laws. Article 4, Section 1 of the Constitution requires each state to give full faith and credit for, quote, public acts, records, and judicial proceedings in other states. Some wondered in the 90s, as some states were legalizing same-sex marriage, whether that would mean that people could get married in one state, then move to another, that bans such marriage and force the state to recognize their marriage. There's also a question about federal recognition of same-sex marriage for tax filing and other purposes. Defense of Marriage Act was clear. No state, quote, shall be required to give effect to any public act, record, or judicial proceeding of another state respecting a relationship between persons of the same sex that is treated as a marriage under the laws of such other state or a right or claim arising from such relationship. The law also codified male and female marriage as the definition of marriage in federal law. The Respect for Marriage Act would repeal this and require each state to recognize the marriage of two individuals in another state regardless of the party's sex, race, ethnicity, or national origin. And it would allow a right of suit for a same-sex couple denied full faith and credit to their marriage or a right resulting from it. And the bill would finally redefine marriage under federal law as based on whether a person is validly married in a U.S. state or territory. Some conservatives feared that religious organizations and other entities which oppose same-sex marriage could face negative backlash and treatment by the IRS and other federal agencies. Based on this concern, Senator Mike Lee of Utah offered an amendment to clarify that the federal government could not alter tax treatment or grant-making to any anti-gay marriage organizations. However, with the closure vote, that amendment is not included in the final version. Senator Rob Portman, a Republican from Ohio, supports the bill. The bill 
keeps the federal government out of the business of defining marriages. It leaves the decision to the states. It does not require any state to perform same-sex marriages if it chooses not to in the event that the current Supreme Court case, let's say, is overturned. It does not require anything not already required by Supreme Court precedent. It certainly does not allow polygamy. The bill does not permit lawsuits against individuals or entities acting in a purely private capacity, and that's important. As you can see, the bill is really very narrow. It simply says that you get married in one state, another state has to honor it. Today, there are about a million same-sex households. In the minds of most Americans, the validity of these marriages is a settled question. And the overwhelming majority of Americans want this question to be settled. According to Gallup, 71% of Americans believe that same-sex marriage should be recognized as valid by law. Senator Mike Lee, however, is still uncertain about the potential for harm for religious Americans. States and the federal government can and surely will continue to recognize the validity of same-sex marriages. And they can do so without trampling on the First Amendment rights of those who believe in traditional marriage by protecting one set of interests, those identified in Obergefell, but doing nothing to address the corresponding enhanced risks we're presenting for religious freedom, it makes for a very, very significant concern. There is a way to accommodate both interests, but that way, unfortunately, isn't pursued by the authors of this bill. Uh, the debate continues, and that's all for now. You've been listening to Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM.